today we're, we're very privileged to have um, our guest in the studio, the lovely Stephanie Hill. Now, Stephanie, along with her husband, Ravi Das, started business and family roughly at the same time. And the business isn't ordinary as it aims to give as much as it gets by helping a child with their eyesight every time you or we buy a pair of glasses. Uh, Stephanie is here in the B-Side studio and um, just to talk about the life journey of being in business and a mum and trying to help be part of your community. Welcome to B-Side Stories, Stephanie. Thank you, Laurie. And thanks, Laura, as well. (laughs) Great. So Mr. Four Eyes is a great name for a business. It is very memorable. And, I, you know, so I have remembered it so well from when I first became aware of you. How does that name, how did that name come around? Uh, we, yeah, we wanted something memorable for sure. Yeah, and we worked. wanted something <laughs> a little bit lighthearted, a little bit fun. And obviously we were thinking... Um, Glasses are so much cooler now than they were back when yes. when I was a kid. Mr. Four Eyes was obviously a bit of an insult, but now uh, I think adults are obviously embracing wearing glasses. Kids are embracing it as well. Sometimes Ravi gets a child come to see him in practice who's disappointed because their, ch- their friend got glasses and they don't actually need glasses. <laughs> and it's it's a quite a, a big turnaround, so, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was taking something that was previously an insult and turning it on its head and and claiming it, I guess. Uh, and what we were also thinking, the four eyes relates to your own eyes and the glasses, but it's also, we saw it as reflecting the fact that for every pair that we sell, we're giving a pair as well. So there's sort of two sets of eyes in that way as well. So Coming out great. No, it fits very, very well. So the the buy one, give one is a really interesting model to adopt and we understand we've got the Toms which has probably been the model that most people would be aware of. Why was that the model, what what led you to using that as a business model for Mr Four Eyes? Uh, largely it was wanting, wanting to be, well, we wanted a business that did good for our customers but had sort of a broader purpose as well. Mm. And there's something so simple about that idea, I think, that we just seized on it. And, yeah, we were influenced, of course, by the the examples like Tom's Shoes. Uh, There's also a glasses company in the States that has been quite successful following that model. Right. We we like the simplicity of it. It's something Mm. that everyone can understand, but it's... It's interesting, actually, because we yeah we do the buy one give one, but what we've found is that the the giving of glasses has ended up being only quite a small component of right. the charitable focus of our of our Four Eyes Foundation that we we set up to to run alongside the the business. So actually, the, I mean, giving glasses is important where people are, are limited by their finances right. to accessing something they need, but taking a step. Before that, it's been getting into schools and helping with screening to identify cases where the child didn't previously know they had a, an eyesight problem, a right. vision problem. That's been really a huge part of what we do for the charity. Right. And and I, I was reading um, how to identify, and I think this must be an amazing uh, revelation for so many parents as well, um, is that what you are finding through the Four Eyes Foundation when you're going into schools? Is it the fact that the kids are not aware that they, they have an eyesight problem? 
But yes, it's, it seems surprising. It seems like it's something yeah. the child would realise. But uh, sometimes what it is, it's not necessarily the... Um, the, well, it's the, the muscles behind the eyes, I guess, so it might not be necessarily a focusing problem right. so much as the the strength of the eye muscles themselves that can lead it to be, over time, very tiring to be focusing, using the eyes for focusing, especially for um, reading a book or something like that. So they they can... They may well be able to see clearly, but it becomes quite tiring over time. Mm. They might get headaches. Words might jump around on the page. They lose concentration. And a lot of those things result in the kid just internalising the idea that they're no good at reading or no mm. good at schoolwork. And mm. it, yeah, so that's... Yeah, that can be a really a really sad thing, I think, that a child might be internalising the idea that they're no good at this activity when, in fact, it's something that, um, in that case, often if it's a just a, a reading problem like that, just a, a weak pair of plus glasses can, really, can actually really make quite support. a big difference. Yeah. yeah. I must say I read that uh, a feedback from the customer that had read one of your articles mm. and had noticed behaviour patterns in her own child and I really, as a mother, reflected that mm. actually, oh my gosh, how how easy it is to skip over things as well. But how what a difference it made for her child once it was identified. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, there's always a lot of things going on and yeah, in life, in, yeah, in your own life <laughs> yeah. and your child's life. Yeah, absolutely. So, also, how are the schools? So, so how do you approach them? How how has that process happened for you? At the moment, it's happening or has happened reasonably organically, I would mm. say. Um, we, the first school we've worked with is Titahi Bay. Right. And uh, the principal there is, she's incredibly proactive and just, we, you know, she saw the opportunity in what we were offering. I think it, it helped a lot. They'd done a workshop a few years previously on, on vision and the, and the impact it can have. And so they were, I would say, probably more aware than most right. that that's quite an important piece of the puzzle, especially in reading recovery classrooms, for example, where you're probably going to find a lot of those, more so than average, those kids are quite likely to have a vision problem. So, yeah, and it's sort of grown a little bit from there. We've branched out to Titahi Bay North as well. Right. And then, um, yeah, sometimes if... um, if we've had some media coverage on what we're doing, we've been contacted from schools as far south as Invercargill and as far north as Dargaville. Um, our, our board would probably like us to concentrate keep in Wellington. It, and there's, a, there's definitely a logic to that, but at the moment, because we're we're so eager to get you know mm. to get going and get that the charitable side of things really humming, um, we we try and say yes as much as we can. So. So I, I noticed that Ravi's very passionate about his work and is quite excited when he is going into a school. Yes. What's really, what's driving driving this, do you think? this? I mean, most people, I, I don't want to generalise, but most people start business because they'd like to make some money and Ravi <laughs> seems to be quite excited about getting into schools to help children with their vision. Yeah, he's definitely got a really strong charitable bent to him, I right. would say, and yeah. I think a lot of that is probably from his 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 child and, and growing up. His his mum has been really closely involved with a very with a, a charitable organisation that um, that helped support girls mm. back in Fiji to go to school there, where that's sometimes not the case that the, right. the girls' education is sort of prioritised. I guess so. She's he's grown up with 
you know, awareness of her, right. her doing that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I think he's just a very, very open <laughs> and giving person. And it, yeah, he does get. He's also um, sort of professionally. It's it is an area he's interested in. He he yep. was really privileged to work when he left optometry school. One of the right. first practices he worked in focused on. Um, children's optometry. It's not it's not an interest that every optometrist has, but it's something that has been interesting to him and so it's been quite a neat sort of ability to guess I mean, he is also motivated to have a, a strong and successful business. That's definitely cool. another element to him. But it's yeah, and that's that's I think why we we went down the path of the buy one, give one, because there's something really neat about the idea that you can have something that's a bit more sustainable over time because mm. a lot of charities well, I think every charity you're sort of constantly thinking about what's the next sources yes. of funding and it's there's a lot of sort of hustle to get things going, seeking grants and all that sort of thing. We've we have had a bit of that as well. We've been right. We were really lucky to successfully fundraise for the screening tool that we use, which right. is quite quite high tech and I optometry equipment is quite expensive. So this yeah. is sort of you know, it's about the size of my, my book here, but it's a sort of a $14,000 piece of equipment. Right, right. That, Very precious yeah. then, yeah. Um, so so with that then, you've also got your family and your life in, in Haititai, is that, mm-hmm. that's correct? Yes, yeah. Um, how, I guess then, so that we understand, how are you getting your customers out to Haititai? In the busy, opto, you know, world of um, buying glasses and opt... What yeah, so we have um, we do we have our website where we have some online only right. sales, and then what we do find though is often when people are buying glasses, they do like to come in right. and see us. Uh, yeah, I think that the trade off for people is uh, yeah, you might not have the convenience of a high street store in some ways, mm. but on the other hand, we are very. It's our, the business is a part of our lives, and we're very flexible with that. So we're quite flexible with our hours and our <laughs> timing, and people can kind of, you know, people drop by, um, which I think is actually really neat. It's We've lovely. had, you know, sometimes people. I think you you saw from the the photo on your Facebook page that our front yard is a bit of a a building site, very much. From out my son's interests, yeah. but um, so we've had people looking at glasses, and their kids uh, have joined out hours on the, on the building so side. But in the front, a, a play group yeah. going on at the same yeah. time. Okay, yeah. yeah. But we do also um, <laughs> the other thing that we do that's a bit different from a lot of optometrists is we also do lens only sales. So if people have got their their own glasses frames that they're wanting to use, we make it really easy to. Um, to just right. swap out for new lenses where needed. Um, uh, some sometimes that's sort of discouraged by other optometrists because they prefer to have the full the full package sale, yes. I guess. Um, so we we get customers from all around the country who just send us in their glasses and we do the lenses for them. So that's fantastic. From, yeah, to, from yeah from Great Barrier Island, we've had a woman send her glasses or all fantastic. over really. Uh, well, I, I, I'm sure you've gathered I've got a bit of an environmentalist hat, so I really love that aspect, yeah. and that's not yeah, a service absolutely. I was aware that you could actually um, yeah, get, so that's great. Yeah, that's right. Not everyone is aware of it, but mm. that is, yeah, and that's something, um, I guess, again, it was just something that was important to us that we want to make things easy for people and not, um, yeah, just 
just make it a way of also keeping the costs down a bit for people. Right. So we do, um, we, yeah, we do that for across the board. So for um, right from just sort of single vision lenses to progressive lenses, but we also offer um, a special lens only package for both uh, for any student actually, so school right. pupils or university students as well. We um, we just do a, a flat rate price, and that will get in sort of all their lens requirements. Right. So, so whatever you need to get yeah, your exactly. Eyes so up often, to. if people have got a higher prescription and you need um, thinner lenses or that sort of thing, we just sort of wrap it all into the same price. So we're not sort of adding on extra costs and sort of upselling them into something else. That's something that's important to us. Yeah, great. Okay, I'm liking it more and more. So with just building on a business from home and you've you're building your family as well really how are the challenges for you as as a mum because i know that it can be quite taxing at the best of times yeah it it is but i also feel really privileged about it because i think that like the kids see a lot of their dad as well because right. he's working he works part time as a locum but right. the other times he's at home working on the business sometimes it is hard to then separate that he's he's working because it's quite fun playing <laughs> yeah. with the kids or whatever but yeah. yeah i actually think they are really lucky with you the got time the they big get boots you have to give them a <laughs> kick every now and again <laughs> and yeah i think for me the um it was sort of quite a well, in the past when I was also working a day job and then trying to fit in right. a little bit of additional stuff, so that was sort of the big change was when I gave up the day job um, probably about a year and a half ago, I think, and then the, or then had our daughter not, not long mm. after anyway. But, yeah, so at least now I'm just wearing the mum hat and the business hat rather than a, a third sort of employee hat as well. Right, true. I, I can get that. <laughs> With the, the social aspect and, um, you know, calling yourselves a social enterprise, how, how did you know that that was the type of business you were and, and get involved with the Arkina Launchpad program? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, and, and you've almost answered it, actually, within the question <laughs> because we hadn't really, I don't think, come across that, te- that terminology or thought of ourselves right. specifically as a social enterprise until I, I got an email newsletter I don't remember where from anymore, but the, mm. our, our, um, talking about the Launchpad program that Akina run, and I forwarded it on to Ravi, and I said, "Oh, look, I think that actually fits us. us. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe we should do that." And yeah, so that was really quite formative for us. It mm. was after, so that was a, a six month um, process with, with um, we were set up with really brilliant mentors as part of that, and had access to a lot of sort of advice and support and so on for that yeah, it process. Yeah, sounds yeah. like with your board even, like that's that's quite an advanced thing to set up for a business, but you've started with that by the sounds of it. Uh, we've Yeah, we've got um, <laughs> our advisor, our, our business has an advisory board, but that's a slightly grand name for it because yep. it, it was okay. some talented friends <laughs> and, and, and you know, acquaintances, but two of whom have, uh, have starting a family and are sort of otherwise... Engaged at the moment, so our advisory board is just really one one very talented friend of ours at the moment. But oh, they must be very talented. <laughs> but and and then we also did decide make the decision to set up a separate charity, right? Which yep. has just streamlined things a bit and made it a bit easier in terms of you know when we if we're seeking donations, we know that people can then claim right. back part of it, and if we're seeking grants, they often have to go to to a, 
a charity because it, I think, um, yeah, being a social enterprise as such, it's not unless you're a registered charity that no one really knows quite what to do. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes it. that yeah. makes absolute sense. And even when you're dividing things out, that makes sense. So if you could. Um, advise if you had friends I mean the social enterprise model is is quite an exciting one and I I see it as a big well do you see that it's a big opportunity for New Zealand to to really support more businesses with a social enterprise banner? Yeah absolutely Mm. I think more and more people are looking for something that's a bit I think it maybe just adds a bit more meaning to a transaction Mm. and I think that is definitely something that people are seeking and it's yeah the the idea that you can be involved in something that's reasonably self sustaining yes. but you're still meeting your own needs it's pretty appealing it, it sort of does if it's working well it does feel a little bit like having your cake and eating it too i guess from yep. the consumer perspective yeah. yeah yeah no great okay very interested in that and if you could see mr four eyes really changing something in new zealand or making it better what what does that look like to you I think for us, the um, thinking to the to what Four Eyes Foundation does and the um, the work in schools and helping identify those those unmet vision needs, that for me is is um, I guess that's the heart of mm-hmm. it. And if we can have um, a business model that's going to enable us somehow to to work where that that really strong need is, but support it sustainably, like it would be really neat to have what we're doing, whether it's us directly working all over the country or other other groups following a similar model or yeah, who knows what that future might be. But right. to have these these needs met sustainably around the country, I think it's really a, a neat thought that that could happen. 